Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Hey, hey, welcome into the Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast. Our guest today is Randy Miller. He is the radio host of the National Defense Radio Show, which is heard on over 400 armed forces radio networks and more. He is an interviewer. He is a radio guy. He's been in this business for a very long time. He recently interviewed folks like Jay Leno, uh, the CEO of T-Mobile, you know, George Bush and Sharon Stone. The list goes on and on. He was amazing. And uh, this is a radio show for veterans, for military folks. And uh, he was fantastic. We had a really good conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. We get into some of the topics of podcasting, the future of terrestrial radio, and all of that and more. Enjoy this fantastic interview with Randy Miller. You're listening to The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast. Have you subscribed to this show yet? I've tried bribes. I've tried gifts. You should. It's absolutely free. I even sent him some pet oxen. Now back to the show with your host, Brad Allen. Idly hey. Welcome to another episode of The Brad Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished. A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Randy Miller, welcome into the Brett Allen Show. It's great to have you here today. Well, thanks, Brett. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. We have a fun conversation lined up for our listeners today. If you're a military person or a veteran and you've listened to the radio overseas or anywhere, really, then you probably are familiar with our guest. Now, this guy, we're excited over here because we've had some pretty great guests, but you've had... Some real ringers over there. My God, you've had former President George Bush. You just had Jay Leno recently, T-Mobile's CEO, John Friar. Okay, let's talk about that. What is it like to talk to some of these amazing people? It has to just be out of this world. Yeah, you know, Brett, it really is. And it's uh, it's it's been such a, a great surprise to us. We started this show, The National Defense, we started it uh, 15 years ago with the BFW, and uh, that was our only connection to the military at that time. Uh, six years, about seven years ago now, we expanded the show to two hours a week and um, uh, picked up another 23 great veteran support organizations like the Legion and uh, Fisher House and uh, uh, Gary Sinise Foundation, all of these different ones that we partner with and we feature them on a regular basis. But the celebrity angle was something that we didn't really count on. And so now we were kind of the USO on the radio. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, we got all these different. And I, I think part of the appeal for the celebrities is that when they when they come on our show, they don't have to plug anything. They don't have to promote anything. Uh, they can talk about things they never get asked about. Uh, I mean, for example, how much they love the country or how much they support the troops and that kind of thing. And um Tom Hanks has been on the show three times now, and a lot of people don't know or or would never know that Tom Hanks 
you know, because as people say, what's the military connection? He's the chairman of the Hidden Heroes program at the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. So uh, all they do, their whole mission is pro to provide uh, support for veteran caregivers. And that's Tom Hanks. I mean, who would know that? Yeah, I certainly did not know that. Oh. I mean, Gary Sinise, to me, like, I get that. Because, sure. you know, ever since he did Forrest Gump, and I think maybe even before then, you know, he was somewhat involved with the military. But I think right. after that, that's really kind of where everything took off for him, Wounded Warrior and all of that. But, well, Tom, I had no idea. I wouldn't know that. It makes perfect sense what you're saying, Randy, as far as like having these people on, because a lot of the people I talk to are here to plug something and they want right. to talk about something. So if it's a Howie Mandel or a Joel McHale or anybody, it's like, hey, I have this project. Now, we do like to talk about other things with them, sure. but primarily it's that. But I see the appeal that you guys have because it's for the military. I mean, who would right. not want to come on and talk right. about that? Which, which, as you know, Brad, has not always been the sentiment. No, so, you know, <laughs> not at all. And, and now, now that it's uh, the tide has kind of turned, uh, it is like that, and, yeah. and and we're so happy that uh, you know people are willing to not only and we always make the the statement at the beginning of the show. It's a it's a non political show, totally non political. We don't care what you think about politics or the government or whatever, uh, just as long as you support the the troops. And I think that's you know we can all agree on that at least. And so that's why they come on and do that. We had, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's getting to be kind of crazy uh, in the fact that there are so many celebrities and especially during the pandemic when they're doing, right. them, uh, they've got all the time in the world. And so you get a little caught up sometimes. Uh, I'll tell you a great story just happened the other day. I'm, I'm sitting in my driveway and I'm on the phone, I'm on a business call. It's about 10 minutes till four and I click uh, some call comes through from Burbank, California. And so I just click over and I hear a voice say, Hey, Randy, it's, it's Jay Leno. Uh, <laughs> and I, and, and I didn't realize that we had scheduled him. And so I said, uh, Jay, can you hang on a second? And he said, sure. And so I go back to the other call and I said, I got to let you go. Jay Leno's on the other line. <laughs> and, uh, and then we had a 20 minute interview and he was, he was fantastic. But, uh, it's a nice problem to have. Yeah, no, I, I could understand how exciting that would be to get a phone call from Jay Leno. Of yeah. all things. <laughs> right. It's funny. I had a similar situation. I was getting ready to interview Howie Mandel. And for some reason, he didn't get the, the interview link. He got something else. So I see this number coming from Los Angeles and I'm like, and it's a block number. And I go, hello, this is Brett. He's like, hey, Brett. Tommy Mandel. I'm like, huh? He yeah. Goes, uh, I'm on your podcast today. I'm like, oh, did they not get the Zoom link? I was actually talking to, I think, I don't know, a family member or something, but right. it's funny when you talk to these people for so long, and we're going to talk about your, you have a very illustrious radio career. I mean, we're going to talk about that, but just kind of to wrap this segment up. Sure. It's interesting because you do get a lot of celebrities and a lot of attention and your interviews are quite short. They're like 20, 30 minutes. Do right. You find as somebody who is a radio veteran like yourself, who's been doing this for years and now you're doing this, that's also kind of like a podcast. 
the sure. quicker, the shorter, the better, right? As far as when you get these big names on, I would imagine is the best. You know, Brett, I, I think it all depends. I mean, for me, because um, we've had some great extended conversations okay. and, and, and a lot of time when, if they have the time and they have the, uh, the, the wherewithal just to talk and, and talk about their career, we had a, a great, I don't know, 50 minute interview with Martin Sheen. And in the middle of the interview, Martin Sheen, said, he lives in Malibu and in the middle of the interview, and, and we, he's talking to us from his house. Um, so in the middle of the interview, he says, can you hang on a second? And I said, sure. And, and he, he, he's yelling to his wife and he said, they're, they're out there again. They're, they're out there again. They're going to get the dog. And he, I said, What's up? He goes, we've got coyotes in the backyard. Hang on a second. And, he, and you hear his wife say, are you still doing the interview? And he said, yeah, I'm in the middle of it. And then he finally comes back to the phone. And he said, sorry, we had uh, coyotes and our little dogs were out. And I said, hey, I said, that's that's the best part of the uh, the interview so far. So <laughs> that's awesome. Is And he funny. seems like a very intense person anyway. So, yeah, you know what? What a nice guy, though. And now uh, just uh, another quick thought on uh, on the length of interviews. The first time we had Tom Hanks on the show, we were only a one hour show. Okay, but now you're two, so now we're two. Well, Tom, from the very beginning of first question, he talked for 45 minutes, and I had to interrupt him and go, Tom, man, we love you. We're only a one hour show, and he, <laughs> and he goes, Oh, am I talking too much? And I said, No, you're fantastic. It's just that we, we're going to run out of show here, so uh, it just all depends. But it's 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 great when they have the time to to really delve into things. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going through your list here of all the people that you've spoken to. I mean, you've spoken to some fantastic and amazing people. And again, I think what makes the show so great, and you even said this earlier on in our conversation, is that, you know, they're not there necessarily to promote something per se, but really just talk about the country and and to give people, especially military folks who are deployed, who don't necessarily have access to you know streaming show i don't know you pick yeah. and they get an opportunity to have that human connection right right you're exactly right and that's what we tell people all the time is it's just to give them a little break and a little entertainment and uh, and i think that's why a lot of you know and and back to the military connection sometimes you have no idea alec baldwin's dad was a drill instructor wow no idea who, who knew who knew i didn't but uh no he was he was great he called us from Central Park with his kids. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I'm sure with a lot of these folks, you don't never, ever know what you're going to get as far as where they might be. Calling <laughs> from. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about Sharon Stone. So we had just had President George W. Bush on yeah. the first time. And uh, and the next week we were interviewing Sharon Stone. So Sharon Stone comes on and we n- never talked to her before. And she said, I've got to ask you a question before we start the interview. You know, in that husky, I've got to ask you a question. And I said, yeah. And she said, uh, does George W. Bush own this radio show? Yeah. And I said, does he, does he, what? And she said, does he own this radio show? And I said, no. She said, I know he was on this radio show. I said, yeah, he was a guest on the show. She said, but he has no ownership. And I said, no. She said, okay, we can proceed. <laughs> Interesting. Well, that's, I don't know. That's not like horribly surprising. That no, no, it wasn't. It but wasn't. I get like. I get it. You know, it's interesting. And I've experienced this too, maybe not at the Sharon Stone level, but I've had people ask or 
perhaps even say no sometimes because I've had such a broad list of people on my podcast, just a lot of different folks, you know, and uh, I-, I could understand, but that is, that would make me uncomfortable a little bit personally. It was a little odd, but uh, <laughs> I-, I would be a little uncomfortable to be honest, if that were me having that conversation with Sharon yeah. Stone. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, she did. She not only was on that time, but then she agreed to come back on. And that was the time that it was getting to be about five o'clock in the evening. And I said, uh, in Los Angeles is about five o'clock. I said, what's your favorite cocktail? And she said, Oh, I, I don't drink. And I said, really? And she goes, but I do smoke a lot of pot. There you go. Yeah. So Interesting. Sharon, ladies and gentlemen, Sharon Stone. There you go. Now, it's funny, your bio talks about your radio career and you, it's humorous, you started at the tender age of 15 is when you started in the radio business. What attracted you to it and made you decide this is something that's interesting to me? Well, my high school in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, at the time, was one of only two high schools in the country that had its own radio station. Okay. Not, Not a radio class but a radio station, a 250 watt radio station. And so radio broadcasting class was something that I wanted to investigate. And I mean, the first time I was on the radio, it was like, that's, I, that's it. You know, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. But it was funny because I got into radio because I love music and music quickly became the least important part of radio to me because then I started doing morning shows. Okay. And on when, when you start doing a morning show like we did, you really don't have a lot of time to play music. So <laughs> I, I started loving radio for a, a different reason. It's a lot of talking and a lot of bantering back and forth. Right. And yeah, I mean, if you take a, a two hour radio show like The Breakfast Club or anything like that, it's a lot of talking maybe six or seven songs the entire time maybe i don't know there's something appealing about it i did radio i was in christian radio for a very long time in new mexico myself and went to the new mexico broadcasting academy and so what part of new mexico albuquerque new mexico ah Um, we were just there yeah it's a beautiful area i tell you it's one of my favorite places i moved there from here to the bay area that's a whole nother story but yeah I love radio. And so podcasting, I think that's what became so appealing to me is that you could create your own radio show, essentially. Right. And that's it. So you're originally... And not not get fired. Yeah, yeah. Nobody ever quits in radio. You always get fired. Or, you know, somebody else comes in and if your numbers aren't good, you're getting pulled. You know, it's funny. Right. They. I, I heard a joke that said, if you want a career that is ever changing and very unpredictable join get into radio because or join the military or join the military yes (laughs) if you're a dj though and you are on a station for more than three or four years you've done something right if you haven't gotten booted (laughs) my 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 longest tenure at a station was 13 years i was fired 11 times and (laughs) uh, most of the time it was the day after april fools because april fools was my is my favorite holiday yeah yeah Yeah, it is for my six-year-old too he loves it so (laughs) yeah it's interesting radio is a wild career and i think that's why podcasting uh and i would love to hear your thoughts on that i I don't think terrestrial radio is going anywhere i think it's going to be around for a while especially in the military side of things but as things move towards like podcasting or streaming or things like that, 
what are your, I would love to hear your thoughts on that, Randy, because a lot of podcasters listen to this and a lot of people who are or were in terrestrial radio at one point. And then I think it's kind of a stream of consciousness question here. Then Stern started digital radio and then, you know, Sirius and all of that. And he kind of set the standard for what radio programming could potentially look like. But as far as the future is, is terrestrial and, and podcasting, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, especially with the pandemic now, where things might potentially be heading for that type of thing. If, if that, it's a lot of thoughts there, but if that makes any sense. I don't really understand what you just said, Brett. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. Okay. No, April I, fools. <laughs> I, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I, I think that podcasting is the, the deal. I, I think podcasting is uh is absolutely here to stay. I mean, if you or your neighbor doesn't currently host a podcast, then you need to move because everybody, <laughs> I mean, everybody in the world is doing a podcast. Now, now that said, um, there is at least, you know, on the radio, you have to be hired to be on the radio. Yeah. There's no hiring process in podcasting. So there's not exactly a standard, which I think is good, good and bad, because I, I, the good part is I think it can be that's that's why podcasts can be so specific. That's why they can be, you know, I'm going to do a podcast today about post-it notes. Uh, I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. But uh, but the, the other side of that is there. I, I think you quickly learn um, what your favorite is in terms of, of a podcast and presenting a podcast. Um, and, and you kind of uh, learn quickly who does it right and, and, and to kind of get it going. And you've been at yours uh, a long time. And so obviously, you know, you know what you're doing, but um, there are a lot of people who, who don't. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, yeah. <laughs> you, uh, I mean, that, that happens in radio too. But I think I think radio as we know it today, if another five years, I don't I don't think it'll be there. I really interesting. Don't. Yeah, yeah, or at least maybe it'll just all move to digital streaming. You know, like yeah, unless right. you're like a big station, you know, like you know, in New York, whatever the big shows are, or maybe right. in Chicago, unless you're in like a really large market. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think even the large markets, I think you're going to see. People go away from, I mean, think about it during the pandemic. You know, the only thing that radio had going for it, to be honest with you, uh, was in-car listening. Well, during the pandemic, everybody's working from home and nobody's driving their cars. Who's listening to the radio? When's the yeah. last time you turned your radio on at your house? I mean, it's all streaming on my uh, Alexa and she just sure. lit up now, but it's just, you know, play this or play that, you know. Right. Everything's my, on demand. My kid comes and says, play, you know, this or play that. And so right. it's interesting just to think about it. I mean, I feel like even podcasting is kind of, we've just barely reached the tip of the iceberg on it. And I think people right. like Joe Rogan, who have gotten these multi-million dollar deals, sure. have finally like quantified for the people who do this, what it can potentially look like. Maybe not for somebody like myself, but maybe let's say you guys decided to take, you know, national defense and, and move it to a streaming network or whatever like that. We, we actually know? have a podcast. We just launched. Yeah. Right. That's just recently. Yeah. So 
you're are you repurposing things essentially from what you do on your radio show and then just making it podcast format then yeah we are we are and uh we're also creating new content just okay uh, just for the podcast but um you know we had to get into that space we had to get into that world because that's where everything is headed and that's where everything is now so uh i don't i don't pretend to understand the podcast world i don't know me how. either to be honest i don't know how anybody makes one dollar from podcasting but i you know hey god bless them they're out there doing it and uh uh you know i i used to say on when i when i did morning shows and radio i used to say i would do this for nothing because it was so much fun i didn't say that very often i said that after the first year i, I think <laughs> Right. right. Yeah. Well, I think it's multiple revenue streams. Like, are right. you familiar with Jordan Harbinger at all? The Jordan Harbinger show? I would anyway, he's like he's one of the probably out of the top 50 podcasters who, you know, makes a decent amount of money, but it's all through revenue streams, advertising. Sure. You know, instead of these companies, I think selling spots, you know, back in the day, I remember working in Christian radio, when we weren't on the air, we were calling companies to, you know, although we were a nonprofit station, we had a right. profit station on the other side. So we would call and say, hey, this is so-and-so over at, you know, uh, K-Love Radio or whatever. We're looking for sponsors for the morning show and we would sell ad spots. Now I think that's how they're doing it. It's cost per mile or cost per minute. Right. They're making it somehow, you know, our every per download, you know, 50 cents. I, I don't know what it is, but there are people unless like I mentioned, Joe, who goes and sells their show, you know, and licenses it out to these companies and gets right. 500 million dollars. Yeah, but that's that's the exception to the rule, I think, you know, but yeah, I, I think Adam Carolla had a, a very successful point and still does. Has a Yeah, I mean, the guy's got like five shows, you know, and right. Norman Pattis, who runs podcast one said, sure. you know, when these shows come to us, we don't expect them to make any money. We take a percentage of whatever ad revenue that they've got going. But right. Adam Carolla is the moneymaker for that network. Like, sure. there's no question about that. Absolutely. And they recently bought Westwood One, which was a huge radio network. And now yeah. everybody's moving into the space. And it just makes you think, well, what about the person who's in this small town in Eureka, Kansas, you <laughs> know, that uh, is has 500 listeners on his show or or listens to her show, whatever. And, right. you know, like everybody has to be, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody has to be clearly adaptive, right? In order to like right. make all of this work. Well, and, and I think everybody does a podcast for different reasons. Um, yeah. You know, I talked to somebody just the other day, one of our sponsors for the National Defense Show is uh, Tonal. The, it's the exercise equipment that you put on the wall and it's a state-of-the-art gym. And uh, there's a podcast for Tonal. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, how can you... And there used to be a pod. The, the people that are doing the podcast for Tonal used to be doing a podcast for Peloton. So it's like, <laughs> wow. I mean, that's, that's so, crazy. So specific, you know. Yeah, it's it's interesting what's out there. If you just Google podcasting, I mean, there's like, I mean, outside of true crime, I think serial was yeah. kind of the first to set the standard for what a podcast could be, you know, and then there's ear hustle where they talk about life inside prison, uh, right. San Quentin right, just right, right. right. And so 
and people listen. Well, the National Defense Radio Show is great. You've had some of these amazing people. It's available on 400 plus overseas stations and the Armed Forces Radio Network. One last question. I mean, you've again been at this for so long. You're originally from Knoxville, Tennessee. That's where you hail from. And right. you're also the president of Brainstorm Media and the host of the National Defense. Let's talk about Brainstorm Media, what that is and what you guys do exactly. Well, and that's actually how we got uh, started with the National Defense. After my okay. uh, morning show career, um, I decided to start a kind of a small boutique ad agency. And since my background is in radio, I concentrated on creating weekend radio shows for businesses and companies and things like that. Well, I walked into the national headquarters of the VFW and talked to the communications director one day and said, uh, you guys need to start a nationally syndicated radio show. And he said, why? And I said, well, because uh, everybody thinks you're a bunch of drunks that play bingo. And I know better. <laughs> okay. And he said, well, you know, you're right. And so we did. And uh, so that's how we got started with the radio show. But Brainstorm Media then is kind of the aggregator of all of those shows. And, and, and it, it, it all kind of runs through Brainstorm Media. But um, that and, and uh, yeah, you mentioned the Armed Forces Radio Network. Uh, it's also on about 100 radio stations in the U.S. Uh, and you can always hear the show at thenationaldefense.com. That's a that's a great way to. And the web, the web traffic that we're having now with the celebrities is, is kind of kooky, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. I yeah. mean, people obviously listen for you because you're the brand of this, but I mean, to have George W. Bush or wow. Sharon Stone or Jay Leno, Tom Hanks, any Billy, one of Billy those Crystal had Billy Crystal the other day. Has to be a huge draw. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just fun for me because I was doing morning radio for 25 years. I never got guests like that. Never. No, I mean, you know? yeah, I mean, I've had some pretty great people and it's just, I think the pandemic is where things really started to pick up for me right. because we scored Lisa Lampanelli. She was like sitting at home and she was hilarious. She's like, I'm so bored. I'm even doing your stupid show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, That was what she said when she started talking to me. And once I was able to bank her, that really led to, you know, yeah. working with other folks and getting some pretty great folks and celebrities on the show. But really, to me, like you, I think, and just anybody who does this or wants to do this, it has to be just about great content and having right. honest conversations, right? right? Like, would you agree that that's really the heart of all of this? Oh, it, it always goes back to the conversation. It always goes back to the story. I mean, I don't care. You, you can take the most famous person in the world. If they have nothing interesting to say, you're gone. Nobody's going to listen. They can right. care less. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, the name gets you there, but then you have to uh, kind of couple that with interesting topics and, and conversation. And, you know, uh, when we had Michael Douglas on uh, right before Memorial Day and Michael Douglas had a new new show out, The Kaminsky Method. And he's on a lot of talk shows and he's talking about everything else. Nobody asked him this. And this is why I, I, I think we, we get these people. I said, it's two days before, before Memorial Day. Uh, are you going to be thinking about your dad who served in the Navy? Wow. And, and he said, yeah. He said, I got a great story. He told me a hilarious story about Kirk Douglas 
uh, on a uh, on an aircraft carrier. And I mean, nobody, you know, who's going to who's going to talk about that? Who's going to ask him about that? Yeah, I think that's great. Well, that leads me to one last question here. I want to ask you, we've covered so many different things again, prizes, pranks, and the first lady, the misadventures of the Randy Miller morning show. What makes a great interview for you? Like we've talked about that sporadically through our conversation, but when you are going to get somebody on your show, or even if you're listening to a podcast or content, what makes you stick around, Randy? What to you makes a good interview? Listening or, or, or doing the interview? Doing the interview, like what, or maybe both. Like I'm sure you think about it is what I would I want to hear, which is I think you have to if you're going to do this. You do. I, I always approach it from, uh, I want to learn something new about this person. Okay. You know, I mean, especially when, when you're talking about names like that, you've seen and heard them on everything imaginable. I want to find out one thing new. Tell me something new. And uh, I, I think people tend to really relate to that. I think they, they really connect to that. Uh, and I'm talking about the, the celebrities, you know, uh, we had Charlie Sheen on the show. Uh, now he, he's been on four times now. And I, I think it's just a case that they feel comfortable. They know that we're not going to ambush them with anything. They know that we're going to ask interesting questions. And, uh, and I think that's good. And you mentioned uh, my book, uh, Prizes, Pranks, and the uh, Purse Lady. Um, that, that details my entire career. It talks about uh, the reasons that I was fired 11 times. Uh, <laughs> some, of the, some of the things that, uh, uh, that got me in trouble. But if you go to randymillerradio.com, you can get a copy of the book, randymillerradio.com. Wonderful. This has been a fun conversation. And the National Defense Radio, this radio show that you do, it's fantastic. People need to listen to it. And if you are in the military and you are a veteran, whatever your connection is, give us an email. Let us know. And uh, we'll pass it on to Randy. Randy, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brett. Really appreciate it, man. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.